Welcome to Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Tuesday, December 28th, 2021, in the year of covid Only a few days left, and I think I'm going to stay up on uh, the 31st just to make sure that this year leaves. No telling what next year is going to bring, though. Uh, I just hope next year we're not looking back on this year and considering it the good old days. And that's a scary thought, and it's entirely possible given the way things have been going. Anyway, this program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I'm not a doctor, and that's a good thing. In my opinion, the doctors most people go to see when they have a health issue, MDs, are wrapped around the axle of their training. Unfortunately, their training is in drugs and surgery, and it doesn't equip them to treat the over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. I'm simply someone who's been studying under the tutelage of one of, if not the top nutritional authorities in the world, Dr. Joel Wallach. I don't, no, I don't treat diseases. I don't even treat people. I simply advise people how to give their bodies the raw materials they need to support and maintain good health, and when the body has what it needs, it'll fix itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing it's missing is the raw materials, and when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Then you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of information there. All the products we talk about are there. If you have any questions about anything, just hit the Contact Me button. It gives you the option of calling and leaving a message or sending an email. Either way, we'll... We'll get back with you as quick as we can, usually within a a few hours, and we'll do everything we can to get your questions answered and get you on the right track. Also, while you're there, be sure and hit the Radio Shows tab. And at the top of the page is a link to our archive page set up through castbox.fm. And there's over 700 shows up there now. All you have, uh, They're all uh, um, annotated as to what we talked about. They're, uh, boy, tongue-tied this morning. First day with my new lips. Anyway, uh, they're all... um, shareable via email and social media which we encourage you to do and just have fun with it and if you scroll down a little further you'll see the information about the shows we do when they're on and how you listen and at the bottom of the page you'll see the link to the facebook page set up for the show as well as the telegram channel and telegram is where most of the posting takes place these days because i am tired of being i spent almost eight months out of this year in facebook jail 
fructose posting, nothing but the truth. And most of the time, it was things that people had already posted, and I just reposted them. It was okay for them to post, but apparently not for me. That's kind of funny how that works. But uh, anyway... You know, it is what it is, but most of our stuff goes on uh, the uh, Telegram channel just because it's a whole lot easier to deal with, and they don't censor. So have fun with those things. Also, while you're there, hit the links page, and at the very top of the page, you'll see a picture of like a money tree kind of thing. And that is the link to our sister site, yourdiywealth.com. And on that site, once you're there, hit the Hyperverse tab. And there are several videos there done uh, to uh, specifically explain this program, what it is, and why you need to be involved. If you uh, are at all concerned about where our financial system is going, if you don't like having to use the um, central banking system and that kind of stuff, this is the thing that you need to look at. And if you are worried about retirement, this is a system that will allow you to set up a retirement program uh, that will pay you far better <laughs> than anything else I've ever seen in just 20 months or less. So uh, I encourage you to check it out. It is an absolutely phenomenal program. I've been utilizing it since uh, May of this year. And literally, my system has grown to the point that if I lost all other forms of income, uh, this program would provide me with everything I need and much, much more. And it would continue to grow indefinitely. And I would never have to put another penny into it. That's what's so cool. So I encourage you to check the thing out. It's just absolutely amazing. And um, if you have any questions, hit the contact me button and we'll get you, get you your answers. Anyway, enough of that stuff. Kind of jump in the show here. All kinds of crazy things going on. Um, more and more people pushing back. More people taking the red pill. Uh, they just don't want to take these injections. And uh, as well, they shouldn't. You know, it's, uh, it's very interesting that more and more information is coming out. And, of course, the lamestream media and the American Murder Association and Fauci and company and the United States government and everybody else out there is trying to squelch it so you don't hear the truth. And that's why I'm here. Got a study out of, of all places, Columbia University and that bastion of <laughs> uh, liberty in uh, New York. You would think that's kind of an interesting situation there. Um that the wokeism crowd is probably well entrenched at Columbia, but somehow Columbia University researchers have found that the true death count from Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 injections is substantially higher than the official figures from the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, also known as the COVID death cult. The CDC claims that only 20,000 people have died from the Fauci flu injections, and they have been caught uh, erasing information of more than probably 150 to 200,000 deaths from the, from the VAR system, and then replacing them with other people who had um, lower grade type of uh, adverse events that did not result in death. 
But uh, that said, you know, they're still saying that only about 20,000 people have died. Well, that's still more than all other vaccines have killed over the last 30 years. But no, these things are truly safe and effective. Just listen to President Trump. And uh, I'll tell you what, I've about had it with that dude. You know, granted, he's done some good things for the country. And I give him credit for those things. But when he sits there and thinks of his number one achievement of his his entire administration of taking or creating three really, really good vaccines, I'm sorry. That sucker is either really stupid or really evil. And right now, I'm not sure which. You know, has he been hoodwinking us for the last four years or... Is he doing it now, or is somebody hoodwinking him? But whatever the case is, the sucker needs to wake up, get his head out of his backside, and realize that he's been a part of the deaths of thousands and thousands and thousands of Americans, not to mention people worldwide. Doesn't have my support anymore. Anyway, CDC claims that only 20,000 people have died from Fauci's flu injections, but Columbia's underreporting factor estimates that 20 times that number, or around 400,000 deaths, is far more accurate. In my opinion, and I'm just going on you know, Harvard studies and other things, I would say this is still a low number. But 400,000 is a lot closer to reality, I think, than 20. The, adverse, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, or VAERS, a government-run database of vaccine injuries, currently shows around 20,000 deaths and nearly 103,000 hospitalizations from Chinese virus shots. In total, as of December 3rd, there are nearly 1 million adverse events logged in conjunction with the jabs. 1 million. And that number is low when you consider that Previous to uh, the Harvard report, they figured around 1% to 10% were reported. The Harvard uh, study, which is the most recent and probably the most accurate, says that less than 1%, around 06 to 0.8% of adverse events are ever actually reported. To this day, if you talk to most doctors and ask them about VAERS, they'll ask you, what is VAERS? They've never heard of it. They have no idea that they're supposed to report adverse events that may uh, or appear to be connected to injections. Not to mention the fact that those who don't or do know about it seldom use it because it's so time-consuming and they don't have time. You know, the way their, their system is structured, they have to be like a bee going from flower to flower to flower to flower all day long. And they're not going to take their, their precious off-duty hours to log reports into VAERS. So that's why this system is so little used. Most people, like I said, don't even know it exists. Ask anybody on the streets, have you heard how many deaths are recorded on the VAERS system? What's a VAERS system? I guarantee you 99 out of 100 people you ask that question to, that's going to be their response. Maybe more. Anyway, the problem with VAERS is that they only capture a very small percentage, as little as 1% of vaccine injuries and deaths. Because of this, scientists often use multipliers to estimate the true count. 
An abstract from the latest study on COVID injection deaths explains that accurate estimates of COVID vaccine-induced, excuse me, injection-induced severe adverse event and death rates are critical for risk-benefit ratio analysis of injections and boosters against SARS-CoV-2 coronavirus in different age groups. For the research, the Columbia scientists used the regional variation in injection rates to predict all-cause mortality and non-COVID deaths in subsequent time periods. This was based on two independent publicly available data sets from the United States and Europe. They found that more than six weeks after injection, COVID jabs had a negative correlation with mortality. Within five weeks, however, the jabs predicted all-cause mortality in nearly every age group and an age-related temporal pattern consistent with the U.S. injection rollout. Comparing the study's estimated injection uh, fatality rate, the CDC reported uh, the CDC reported rate. The, ver- the researchers concluded VAERS deaths are underreported by a factor of 20 which is consistent with known VAERS under-ascertainment bias, reported WorldNet Daily. Based on these findings, the Columbia team declared that the risk associated with Chinese virus injections, including the boosters, outweighs the benefits in children, young adults, and older adults with low occupational risk or previous coronavirus exposure. They further emphasized that there is an urgent need to identify, develop, and disseminate diagnostics and treatment for life-altering injection injuries. True COVID death rate, uh, vaccine injection death uh, could be uh, count could be more than 820,000. Now there you're getting a little closer to reality, I believe. It turns out that the findings of the Columbia study might still represent a major undercount. The true death count from Chinese virus injections could be more than double, even the 400,000 figure. Steve Kirsch, executive director of the Injection Safety Research Foundation, recently conducted an analysis comparing anaphylaxis rates published in the study to the rate found in VAERS. Based on this, Kirsch estimates that the true death toll from the uh, shots is more, likely more than 41 times higher or around 820,000. Using whistleblower data from the CMS, or Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, uh, Kirsch's research arrived at an underreporting factor of 44.64, which suggests the death toll could be even higher than than 820,000. This number is higher than the official number attributed just to COVID, by the way, And we all know that number if highly inflated or is highly inflated because everything these days is counted as a COVID death. In other words, the number of deaths from the injections is far higher than the number of deaths from the actual virus, assuming there even is one. Probably because the actual autopsy, an actual autopsy would reveal the spike protein is a synthetic version of HIV, XMRVs, and SIV, hepatitis C, with an unusually large collection of graphene oxide in the brains and clotting points, wrote one commenter at Natural News about why few, if any, autopsies are being conducted. Yeah, CDC has been discouraging them 
the World Health Organization has been discouraging them for since this started. So that's the end of that article. But here you have it. On the low side, 400,000. On the more accurate side, 820,000. I'm figuring between 800 and a million. But um, that's a lot of people dead from these things. And, and that's just the United States. Far more, you know, when you consider, according to the, C the CDC's own numbers, only about 6% of the reported deaths from COVID are actually from COVID. So in other words, they've, they've said somewhere around six to 700,000 people have died with COVID. And only about 6% of those actually died as with COVID as the primary cause. So when you figure that, you're talking um, between 36 and 42,000 people. That's a low flu season. Okay, nothing severe at all. All the other deaths were deaths that already that normally occur every year. Auto accidents, drownings, gunshot wounds, uh, knife, you know, stabbings, you name it. And they've just re, you know, they just basically did a test at, at 40 plus cycles, which, you know, gives 97% false positive. So they just say, okay, that guy had COVID. It's a COVID death. And that's how they've been doing it. Just fudging the numbers. But they fudge the numbers of actual death rates up. And they do just the opposite with deaths from the injections. And they fudge those down. Well, the real numbers are starting to come out, and people are starting to wake up. Look all around the world. You will see tons and tons and tons of protests pretty much everywhere, but here in the good old U.S. of A. And there's a lot of questions as to why that might be. You know, some people say, well, we're not protesting here because we got guns. You know, they're protesting in other parts of the world because they don't got no guns no more. That's the last thing they can do is get out in the streets and jump up and down and make noise. We don't really have to do that here because when it comes down to it, if it gets that bad, we just start shooting the SOBs. And uh, the problem is, is the other, both sides are waiting for the other one to fire the first shot because whoever fires first justifies the actions of the other side. And that's where we're, we're kind of at a Mexican standoff, you might say. And no, I'm not being uh, discriminatory against people south of the border. It's just an old term from the movies that seems to stand that works pretty well. You're both sitting there pointing the guns at each other and nobody's doing nothing else. Anyway, California parents speak out against sexual predator public school teachers caught grooming children into transgenderism. I'll tell you what. What goes on in the public schools in this day and age, I don't know how anybody in their right mind could still have their children in those places. Even in the little small town communities where everybody, oh, we got a great school system here and our teachers are so conscientious, they're still teaching crap in the, the people that write the books control what goes into your child's head. And I guarantee you that what's in those books, no matter how conscientious the teacher is, is still bad. They don't call it the public fool system for nothing. Get your kids out of those places. 
especially now where the World Health Organization, I believe it is, or the NIH, one or the other, I think it's WHO, has said the fact that you drop your kids off at school is your approval for injections. You, they don't have to ask your permission. The fact that you drop them off at school, that gives them permission to stick a needle in your kid's arm. If you're okay with that, you shouldn't have children. Representative Gomert, old Louie, Fauci must be held responsible for unleashing math, mass death on the world. How that little puke is still out there doing his thing without having, uh, without being locked up, I don't know. Well, I do know. During a recent appearance on Fox News, Representative Louis Gohmert, Republican of Texas, uh, segued from talking about the border crisis in his home state to calling for fake government doctor Tony Fauci to finally be held accountable for committing crimes against humanity. Hopefully there will be charges filed with the world court, if nothing else, before long. Gohmert finally or stated plainly that Fauci lied to the American people and caused countless deaths with his actions. Everything from the lockdowns to the mask mandates to now the jab mandates have wrecked untold human life, not to mention social cohesion and civil civilization itself. Fauci needs to be held responsible for the deaths that are being created by the things he's foisting on the American people, Gomert told the host. Everything that Fauci has talked about has not, uh, has not, about has not been effective. It's not working. Gomert went on to explain that the latest data out of the United Kingdom shows that over the last three months, a whopping 81% of all COVID-related deaths have occurred in the fully injected. And that's pretty much true everywhere you go, including the United States. Dr. Robert Malone, the guy that discovered and created the mRNA injection technology, that's been using these vaccines, these shots, is extremely concerned. Gomert added about the horror show that is unfolding. There hasn't been adequate testing, and the changes people, and this changes people's genetics, and it does do irreparable damage. In many cases, they know of creating lesions in the brain, creating uh, damage to the organs, and especially in the reproductive system. Time for more action and less talk. Gomert also expressed discontent with, uh, discontent with the federal appeals court's uh, reinstatement of the Joe Biden mask mandate, calling it an unconstitutional assault on health freedom. Exactly. But the courts, if you're relaying or waiting on the courts to get remedy, <laughs> my daddy used to say, wish in one hand and poop in the other and see which one fills up first. He didn't say poop either. The courts are sticking their finger in the wind instead of looking at the Constitution, he said. That's pretty sure. And they're listening. They're, they're probably looking at the packages, the little unmarked manila envelopes that have been slipped under their doors with pictures of family members and loved ones. Little, you know, it would be sad if something happened to these little kids. Anyway, I'm going to sip of coffee here. Uh, forcing the jabs on children is especially concerning, especially since there are no adequate studies or research to back their safety and effectiveness. If you just look at what's been happening with the adults, you should know that this is bad news. 
truthfully, there is no scientific backing to support anyone getting injected with these things. And that's what I've been saying since day one. Adding on and saying that let's give this to children five years and up. Are you kidding? Gomer expressed. <laughs> Good for him. Gomer has a lengthy history of saying these kind of things, but not actually following through with anything other than words. <laughs> A year ago, he filed a lawsuit against then-Vice President Mike Pence, calling on him to overturn the electoral vote, which we know was fraudulently cast for Biden. The lawsuit ended up being a dud, but had it succeeded, Pence would have been granted exclusive authority to determine the final outcome, potentially in favor of Donald Trump. I doubt that he would have done it then. Probably would have been the same thing. Hope big... Uh, Hope Big Talkin' Louie will put will be putting Fauci behind bars like he did with Benghazi, Fast and Furious, IRS lowest learner at all. <laughs> Joked one commenter at the Gateway Pundit about how Gomer's words do not le always lead to action. That's the problem with just about everyone in the inside the Beltway. Well, maybe he can say have Lindsey Graham <laughs> get to the bottom of this and go from there. Yeah, right. Lindsay Worthless Graham. Uh, another brought up something that Gomert did not, explaining that early treatment with remedies like hydroxychloroquine and zinc would have stopped the pandemic in its tracks and saved many lives, if only it would have been allowed. Exactly. Talk, 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 blah, blah, blah. It's all we get, wrote another. They're just making noise. They were trying to basically boost their voter uh, backing and stuff like that, but they're not doing a gosh darn thing, as usual. In response to the article about Gomert's lawsuit against Pence, a natural news commenter expressed that uh, Pence already had the authority outlined in it. Uh, so why the lawsuit? <laughs> yep. Uh, Fauci, uh, fraud she's uh, pushed to censor cheap therapeutics in uh, for COVID-19 is based on big on big pharma bureaucrat profit model that has been in place since at least the AIDS crisis, which Fauci caused. Another TGP commenter said, like COVID-19, pig pharma never wants to see a cure for cancer either. That's definitely and uh, I'm currently reading um, The Real Anthony Fauci, and we'll get back with that when we get back from the break. Stick with us, and we'll be back in three minutes with more Your DIY Health here on the True Frequency Radio Network. We'll be right back. to get it all back they say we'll legalize your drug deal but you gotta give us lots of check well wake up you're being screwed pharmaceutical drug guys can be so rude they don't care if you live or you die long as they get that piece of pie my 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 don't care if you live or you die Long as I get that piece of pie. My, my. And welcome back to the second segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. Before the break, well, first off, I forgot uh, early to mention, uh, mention 
The number to call into the show is 833-TFR-LIVE. Again, 833-TFR-LIVE. That's 833-837-5483. 833-837-5483. And uh, the lines are open, so if anyone has any questions, comments, think I'm crazy, uh, want to give a testimony about something that you've seen, whether you've had a family member or friend uh, experience an adverse event with these injections, or um, if you think the injections are good, whatever, feel free to call in 833-TFR-LIVE, 833-837-5483. And I will do my best to keep an eye on the board there. Um, I only have so much real estate on my screen, and I'm trying to keep things so that I can see both the chat room and the board and still the information I'm looking at uh, to carry on the show. Anyway, but yeah, I have been, uh, before I before the break, I mentioned that I was, I'm reading the real Anthony Fauci and by uh, John or Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and it is an amazing book. Number one, <laughs> I've never seen a book that crams so much into so much uh, so little space. Um, the margins on this thing are the smallest I've seen in any book I've ever read. It's you know between three sixteenths and a quarter of an inch um, from the edge stop where the print stops to the edge of the page it is really 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 tight and uh, loaded with information. I'm about halfway through the first chapter, and so far they have uncovered all the stuff that this guy has done um, regarding the squelching of information, any information on actual therapeutics that work, that do not make tons of money for Big Pharma, including him, and uh, do not open the door for these emergency use authorizations, and that's the whole thing. They had the whole idea was to roll out these injections. And I honestly believe the injections were created first, and then they came up with the bug uh, or the illusion of a bug to scare people into taking the injections. They would have done it with the flu. However, there weren't enough people scared of the flu. Yeah, we've dealt with it for so long that, I mean, just look at the number that there aren't that many people that take flu shots every year, even though the great, they're all free and they've got them everywhere. Most people are smart enough not to do that. And uh, they knew that people weren't scared enough, so they had to create a new new mystery bug, an invisible enemy that was just killing everybody, which it wasn't. But that's what they did. They created these toxic injections, kill shots. Then they created the false narrative that the media willingly jumped on board with because guess what? The number one um, non-election year funder of the lamestream media is Big Pharma. So they're more than happy to do anything that will make more money for Big Pharma because that puts more money in their pockets as well. So there you have it. You got Fauci, who's got ties to Big Pharma. I mean, he's uh, he was roommates with uh, Bill Gates, and they're on uh, they're connected to Moderna, you know, the play, uh, a company that has never rolled out a, a valid pharmaceutical prior to this COVID nineteen injection. And basically, it's just one thing after another. But the bottom line is. 
in order to get the emergency use authorization for these toxic injections, there, you know, the law specifically states there can be no other viable alternative treatment available, which means if hydroxychloroquine was out there and they were pushing it and it was allowed to work, guess what? No emergency use authorizations for the jabs. If ivermectin, which is totally effective, was out there and promoted and allowed to you know, be used, no emergency use authorizations. If budesonide, inhaled steroid, which has been used for uh, asthma treatments for years and years and years, totally safe. You know, three drugs that are probably some of the safest and most effective ever created, but all of which are out of patent and therefore can be made by anybody very, very inexpensively, not making big bucks for the big pharma, you know, can't do it. So now, what do they do? They roll out these injections, kill thousands, if not millions of people. And again, in the process, the number of people that have died as a result of their withholding of hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, budesonide, and even, you know, any mention of general nutrition that would boost your immune system. That is a crime against humanity. They specifically did that, covered all those things up so that they could get emergency use authorization for these toxic jabs and then eventually roll out the new Pfizer drug and I forget who the other company is that are supposedly uh, antivirals that are going to protect against COVID and any, all these other things. Uh, and, of course, hundreds of dollars a dose. <laughs> you know, why on earth would anybody take one of these new drugs for that kind of money when they could, you know, if they can find ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or even colloidal silver or um, there are so many different things out there. One of the best ones is a combination of um, uh, hydrogen peroxide and um, uh, iodine run through a nebulizer and inhaled directly into the lungs. People have found had great results, and guess what? That's been used for years and years and years for flu and upper respiratory infections. And not only does it work for those things, but it also works like a charm for COVID. Easily obtainable. You can buy a uh, nebulizer uh, online for you know anywhere from forty to eighty dollars. Um, you can get those other products, you know, at the local stores for the most part. Something else that works very well is the old home remedy, turpentine, <laughs> of all things. What? <laughs> That's right. Back in the old days, before all the pharmaceuticals were out there, one of the main go-to items for just about anything that ailed you was turpentine. And I actually have a listener on my afternoon show um, who lives out in uh, California. He got COVID, and he was taking ivermectin, and it was helping, but it wasn't working as quickly as he was hoping. 
and he got a hold of some information from Dr. Jennifer Daniels on uh, her protocol for turpentine. And basically, um, it was you get uh, sugar cubes and you stack three of them, you know, one on top of the other. So you have three high. And then you take a, you know, like a dropper or some kind of thing that you can slowly but surely drop the turpentine onto the cubes until they're saturated. And whatever's in those three cubes, that's the dose. Anything that you know runs out below that, just ignore it. And you just take those three cubes, pop them in your mouth, chew them up. And he did that uh, the first day. And by one one dose, first day, two doses the next day, and at that point he was back to normal. It knocked it out in three doses of that stuff. Just absolutely amazing. And again, I encourage you to uh, do a search for Jennifer, Jennifer Daniels Turpentine Protocol, something like that, and um, it's out there. You can find it, and it explains everything. And Dr. Daniels is a uh, great physician. She used to work, uh, used to be in New York, and basically uh, was going off script from the American Murder Association's uh, uh, standards of care, so to speak. And she was using her own uh, standards and curing her patients, and they got mad at her and started demonizing her and basically ran her out of the country. So she's living in Central America now, but um, still has an active worldwide uh, clientele and um, has a, a web presence, presence. And I encourage you to check it out. She's uh, very, very good. She actually worked with Dr. Wallach Um they uh, worked together on one of Dr. Wallach's books. Uh, it was called um, Black Gene Lives, Slave Quarter Cures. And um, I have to go back and look through that. I don't know if they mentioned turpentine in there or not. Um, but basically it was the things that, uh, number one, the lies that the medical community tell black people Oh, you've got sickle cell anemia because you've got a black gene. You've got the black gene. You know, it's a terrible thing. It's genetic, and uh, it only occurs in black people. <laughs> That's a flat-out lie. It occurs in white people, too. It's just in white people, they call it thalassemia. But it's exactly the same illness. Sickle cell anemia, thalassemia is exactly the same thing. The only difference, one's for black people, one's for white people. Um, it's all a lie. It's not genetic. It's nutritional. Unfortunately, it's a, it's a thing that happens when the mother is pregnant with the baby and she doesn't have the nutrition necessary to produce a healthy baby. And it's unfortunately, it's baked into the cake. Uh, the baby's born with the problem and there's no getting rid of it. You can just mitigate the symptoms and the best way is through nutrition. So anyway, that just gives you an idea, you know, black gene lies. And those are the kind of things that they try and tell people, well, you just don't have any chance because you're black. Bullcrap. You know, if uh, if we would give uh, black moms and white moms all the uh, the proper nutrition they needed uh, during pregnancy, we would wipe out all birth defects, including uh, sickle cell anemia and thalassemia. 
But anyway, those are the uh, some of the interesting things that uh, are covered in that book. And besides the lies that they tell about the black gene, we also have what's known as slave quarter cures. And they did some research back in the day because, you know, when, when the slaves got sick, they didn't have much to work with. So they dug up all the things that they found that would do anything. And I'm sure that's probably where the turpentine deal came from. Um, because they just had to use whatever was at hand and, uh, they got great results may not taste real good, which I can tell you, I can, from personal experience, I have done the, uh, um, uh, turpentine protocol and it's not real enjoyable, <laughs> but it's, it's not disgusting either. Um, it just sort of tends, at least for me, it tends to stick with you. Um, you've got that taste of turpentine just lingering in the background a little bit. Uh, the sugar doesn't really do as much as it could. Um, and I haven't found anything that really covers up the taste and it just seems to be there. Uh, the first dose I did was before I went to bed one night just to, in hopes of, you know, having most of it work while I was asleep, but I'd wake up in the night and get this taste in my mouth. (laughs) But the thing is, is the stuff works and it's not going to hurt you if you do it properly. Uh, But the thing is, you got to use the right stuff. You need uh, pure wood gum spirits, which uh, the best company out there that we've found is Diamond G Forest Products out of uh, Georgia. And they're available. You can find them on Amazon and most health food stores and things like it. The stuff is pure, clear, crystal clear. Looks just like water. Smells like turpentine, but looks like water. And that's the pure stuff. As long as it doesn't have additives in it, if it's pure wood gum, wood spirits, then you're okay. And um, the stuff works. But anyway, that's just one more thing that works. You know that we have. Uh, Anecdotal as it is, it's still someone who has used it and got rid of COVID and in the process. So there are so many things out there that work uh, for this illness. And the thing is, is any one of them can keep you out of the hospital, which is the goal. The last thing you want to do because of the way things are set up right now is end up in the hospital with COVID. Because that's, in most cases, a death sentence. The way... You know, and this is thanks to Fauci again. Not only did he demonize the things that were readily available, that were inexpensive, that had a great track record, he also picked the most deadly drugs that he could for and to make the actual protocols in the hospital system here in the U.S. And there was a uh, an Ebola study done in Africa in either 2018, 2019, and there were four drugs used. The first one was submitted by Fauci and the NIH, remdesivir. And there was another uh, antiviral, and then there were a couple of um, uh, monoclonal antibody uh, type things, uh, one of which was the what is known now as Regeneron. Oddly enough... The, the lowest one killed about 33 to 35% of the people that took it. Okay, and that would be the Regeneron one. So what they are touting is the great monoclonal antibodies killed about one in three people. Okay, so it's still not the greatest stuff to be using. And on the high end, 
remdesivir killed 53.1% of everyone who took it in that study. They actually had to kick it out of the study because it was so deadly. And which drug did Fauci choose to be the number one drug for the U.S. hospitals protocol? Remdesivir. That's his baby that he's been trying to push for different things over the years, even since the AIDS deal that he pretty much created. And it's lethal. It causes kidney failure, multiple organ failure, sepsis, and I forget what else. There are several different things that it causes. And when you get put in the hospital, they put you on that stuff, and it's $3,000 a course, roughly, so they're making big money on it. And for most people, over the course of using that stuff, it causes their kidneys to shut down, which fills their body with water. And the doctors mistake it as so-called COVID pneumonia, when in fact it's uh, pulmonary edema. And pneumonia and edema are treated two different ways. Edema, you have to use um, uh, drugs to get the water out of your system. I'm trying to, the, the name or the type is escaping me right now. But um, you have to basically give drugs to get those things, get the fluid out of your system. Where with uh, pneumonia, you generally use antibiotics to kill the infection. Two different treatments. And they'll give antibiotics, but they aren't using the um, the proper you know drugs to get rid of all of the fluid, and the person basically drowns. And they, and they put them on a vent, which even you know compounds the problem. And the and that's the end of them. Now, only if you get lucky enough to go to a hospital where there are some free thinking physicians who are willing to you know do the right thing, uh, will you have a chance of surviving. So the best thing you can do, the, the key is early detection and treatment. If you catch it early, utilizing the, uh, you can either, if you can have access to the hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, whatever, or, you know, nutritional supplementation along with colloidal silver and uh, things like um, uh, chlorine dioxide, you know, that stuff works like a charm. And there are plenty of sources of that stuff out there still. Um, but there are plenty of things you can do to guarantee that you never end up in the hospital with this stuff. And you can get over it without a problem. There's no need for any injections because they've been proven not to work. Uh, they have, they're like the public fool system. Public fool system has two uh, goals. One is the publicly stated goal, and then the other one is the behind-the-scenes goal, the real goal. The publicly stated goal is a free, you know, quality education for all children. And that goal, they have basically totally fouled up, and they're another yet, getting yet another failed government program. When, in fact, the real goal is to produce a generation, multiple generations of ignorant worker bees who have no ability to form a, a rational thought, but can only react and respond emotionally and that's what we have right now people that can't they can't even think of what kind of questions to ask about this stuff they just line up roll up their sleeves and take the shots because that's what they're told to do okay and in that regard the public fool system's a total success trouble is it's going to destroy the country 
Now, the COVID injection is pretty much the same thing. You have a publicly stated goal of protecting people and getting rid of this dreaded pandemic. And again, total failure has killed more people than it's helped, you know, it hasn't helped anybody. But the real goal behind the scenes in the eyes of Fauci and Bill Gates is to kill as many people as they can and make as much money in the process as they can. And that one, total success. So, you know, that's the kind of thing you're looking at. And it's a, it's a scary situation. But people are just, you know, some people are starting to wake up. Unfortunately, there's still plenty that have taken the blue pill and want to stay asleep. And uh, they'll be asleep forever, apparently, because once they get these shots, they're virtually, uh, there are still people out there, knowledgeable scientists, who believe that every single person that got one of these injections, if they truly got the real McCoy. Now, you got to realize that in there have been no studies done, per se, before they rolled it out for the public. The public are the study. They are the guinea pigs. So in any study like that, you've got to have a control group. And uh, virtually any doctor you talk to that really knows what's going on and has considered all the options here believes that a large number of the people that have rolled up their sleeves have, at least for the first and second doses, got nothing but saline. They got the placebo that didn't hurt them because you also have the people that got the real McCoy. There are many who believe they got it in different strengths, 25, 50, 75, 100% kind of thing. And the lower dose uh, versions caused the, you know, the basic discomfort, the swelling, the, um, you know, they're causing the people, you know, you get the, the higher dose, the mid-range mid and whatnot, and you're getting the ones that are flopping around and shaking like crazy and having all kinds of, you know, the myocarditis and pericarditis, that kind of thing. And then, of course, the 100% doses, those are the ones that just keel over dead. And you get some variations. But And they do this because they know down the road, if you, if they rolled up their sleeve for the first one, they're more than likely going to roll up their sleeve for all the next ones unless they unless and until they either get the kill shot or one that causes severe, um, you know, psychological or neuromuscular problems uh, to the point where they say, I ain't taking no more of that stuff. And uh, they know that otherwise, you know, the people that get the saline, sooner or later they're going to the real thing and it's going to kill them. And that's the goal here is to kill off as many people as possible. Um, Gates wants to reduce the world population down to what the, you know, if you go to the Georgia Guidestones, it says right on there, reduce the world population to 500 million. That means about 7 billion people need to die. And that was the whole goal of this whole thing. Roll this thing out worldwide, give everybody they can the shots. And the funny thing is, the places that they normally go after, uh, India and Africa, uh, are not, they're not doing too well there because India has filed charges against uh, Bill Gates and I think Fauci for crimes against humanity. And um, the Africans... They have one of the lowest injection rates and the lowest infection rates <laughs> anywhere in the world. Uh, they're smart enough to realize, you know, burn me once, shame on you. Burn me twice, shame on me. 
and they're uh, you know they're not taking it and uh, unfortunately the the leaders of the countries the presidents of the african nations that have uh, stood strong and vocally said we're not using our people as guinea pigs uh, those guys end up dead they just flat disappear and they're dead and uh, one of them was a uh, uh, i can't remember it was east southeastern uh, africa one of the countries and the, the guy was actually a physician and he submitted uh, several samples to the lab for uh, uh, one was some uh, some like a papaya or some kind of fruit and then we had motor oil and something from a goat and several different things that were just oddball you know weird things and they all came back positive and when he saw this and that ain't doing this and that's the thing you know the 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 testing system they're using the pcr test is uh, according to Kerry mullins the guy who developed it he said it's not to be designed or it's not designed for diagnostics it's basically just a tool to use to to try and see if there's any uh smidgen of some kind of genetic material in a sample period but he also said if you turn the cycles up on it far enough, you can find anything in anyone. Um, but that doesn't mean you're sick. And unfortunately, the rates that they've been using these things at, uh, it's causing 96 to 97% false positives. And, uh, that's, and they call those cases. That's where the numbers come from that the, they report on the news all the time. They run these things up so high that basically you can find, um, and even Fauci has come back and said when you use cycles that high, it's nothing but dead nucleotides. Well, anyway, stick with us. We'll be back in three minutes at the top of the hour with more of your DIY health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. We'll be right back. Hour number two of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. And uh, we've been talking all about the craziness of COVID, COVIDiacy, as I like to put it, uh, for the first hour. And uh, there's a whole lot more. <laughs> but uh, I got a kick out of this one. Pentagon says active duty military personnel are extremists if they like funny memes mocking wokeism. Ooh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The, I mean, good grief. Most people in the military are not the woke types. And uh, they are intelligent and conservative. 
and the vast number, vast majority of them voted for Trump. You know, I'm not sure that was a good idea at this point, but who knows? Still better than Biden. But uh, let's see what this has to say. Joe Biden's left-wing cabal running things behind the scenes is working overtime to destroy the last remaining functional patriotic institution in our country, the military. And they are gaining ground fast, setting us up to literally lose the next war. Yeah. While the uh, the Russians and the Chinese are developing weapon systems and training hard and, you know, like crazy, you know, we're making sure that everybody has uh, woke training and uh, is not, um, uh, is inclusive and making sure that the, the guys wearing the combat boots next to the guys wearing the high heels are, are not fighting with each other and, you know, that kind of thing. It's absolutely disgusting what's happening to our military. And they're gaining, from, you know, they're gaining, gaining ground fast, using this phony excuse that extremism in the ranks is rising. And remember, even if that was true, it's rising under Biden and not that Nazi Donald Trump. <laughs> the Pentagon issued detailed new rules prohibiting service members from actively engaging in extremist activities. Adding this tidbit. According to the Pentagon, fewer than 100 military members are known to have been involved in, in, in substantiated cases of extremist activity in the past year. 100 members out of hundreds of thousands. <laughs> but they warn that the number may grow given recent spikes in domestic violent extremism, particularly among veterans. That's one of the reasons they are making sure that veterans come home as sick as possible so that when they finally get out of the service, they can't use those all that training against the same government that trained them. Yeah. Anyway, so there really aren't that many cases of extremism, uh, whatever that means, and there is only one vague belief that extremism could rise. Got it? A vague belief. Anyway. Oh, by the way, I saw this yesterday, and I believe it was recent. I just got word that uh, Richard Marchenko, who was one of the original members of SEAL Team 6 and Red Cell, which are the two um, uh, anti-terrorism and, and, you know, uh, special units of the the Navy's uh, SEALs, um, passed away recently. And I believe it was within the last few days. I, if I, if I got the timing right. So uh, thoughts and prayers to his family. And uh, he was, from what I understand, a good American, great American. Uh, wrote the book Red Cell and um, was uh, never got a chance to read it yet. I'm going to have to get a hold of that. Anyway, just wanted to mention that. And officials uh, said the new policy doesn't largely change what is prohibited, but is more of an effort to make sure troops are clear on what they can and can't do, <laughs> while still protecting the First Amendment, their First Amendment right to free speech. Yeah, right. They always throw that in there, but they have a right to free speech until they say something that's not uh, favorable to the, the whiny crowd. And that's when their free speech goes out the window. And the thing is, if you do any reading into the founding documents, you'll find out that it's not the speech that everybody agrees with that the First Amendment is there to protect. It's the stuff that people don't agree with. 
And uh, that's what's so sickening in this day and age is we have just gone full circle and they're just flipping Nazis in, in the government. Anyway, a new policy uh, lays out in detail the banned activities which range from advocating terrorism or supporting the overthrow of the government to fundraising and rallying on behalf of an extremist group or liking or reposting extremist views on social media. Hmm. That goes a long way. The rules also specify that commanders must determine two things in order for someone to be held accountable. That the action was an extremist activity, as defined in the rules, and that the service member actively participated in the prohibited activity. Again, what are extremist views? <laughs> Term is about as arbitrary as it gets. Yeah, yeah who's going to determine what extremist is? Veterans know that most often what is termed improper is decided by commanders and senior enlisted personnel. If these leaders have, have bought into Biden's, the Biden regime's Marxist claptrap, then extreme is liking a pro-Trump meme, which once upon a time would have been protected expression and speech under the First Amendment. And contrary to leftist beliefs, our military is not filled with dummies who can't get a real job or make it in the real world. As the community, the U.S. military is among the most educated demographic, which explains why most members are not simply buying the extremist label. They want to know more, and as the AP pointed out, what was wrong yesterday is still wrong today, said one senior defense official, but several officials said that as a study group spoke with service members this year, they found that many wanted clearer definitions of what was not allowed. The officials provided additional details about the rules on condition of anonymity because they were not made public. Biden's regime is, has been clear from the outset who it considers extreme and that is anyone who believes in or adheres to conservative republican political and cultural thought and this was known within a few months of the biden taking office department of homeland security under biden appointee alejandro mayorkas is plotting to strip their political opposition of their rights by declaring them suspected domestic terrorists and putting them on a no-fly list yeah when you got that kind of power and you have no um, ethical bounds to keep it in check, that can be a major problem. In particular, the regime is considering placing anyone who was at the U.S. Capitol building on January 6th, even if they didn't do anything on the no-fly list. Go ahead. I'll never fly again until the airlines get adult leadership anyway. If you got to wear a face diaper, or like now Fauci's saying, you you know, he's recommending mandates of injections for anyone flying. Screw that. I'll never get on a plane again. Not until I can fly private. Here's the case in point. Robert Rundo, a member of the Rise Above movement who was arrested in 2017 for fighting with Antifa at Trump rallies and charged with conspiracy to commit rioting. Hmm. And travel or use of interstate commerce with intent to riot under the archaic Anti-Riot Act said last year that he was put on a no-fly list in 2017 under the Trump administration, even though the charges against him were thrown out by a California judge. Yeah, and there's, 
you know, even if the case doesn't go anywhere, you're still stuck on that list. We cannot survive four years with Biden's Marxists. Our institutions will collapse. Good possibility. Man, I'll tell you what. Some crazy, crazy stuff. And on another twist here, shocking investigation into avocado oil finds nearly all of them are adulterated with cheap soybean oil. We're not going to read too much of this. We're just going to look the first part, and then we're going to get a comment, and we'll go on. Over the past several years, avocado oil has really grown in popularity due to the many known health benefits of avocado fruit. But is all avocado oil created equally? Not exactly. Published in the uh, new research published in the journal Food Control has found that much like olive oil, avocado oil purity and quality varies dramatically. The report found that the vast majority of commercially available avocado oil labels uh, labeled as extra virgin and refined are adulterated and or of poor quality. A whopping 82% were also found to have gone rancid before their expiration date. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about. Disturbingly, three of the 22 avocado oils tested as part of the research did not even contain avocado oil at all and were instead composed of something entirely such as or something else entirely such as soybean oil. <laughs> Good grief. Study co-author uh, Selena Wang says she expected to find some percentage of adulterants within the lineup, but was instead shocked to learn that all of the avocado oils tested were adulterated. This study analyzed avocado oils currently on the market in the U.S. to evaluate their quality, e.g. free fatty acid, peroxide value, UV subordinates, uh, vitamin E, and purity e.g. Uh, fatty acid sterols, tri, uh, tri, uh, triacid glycerols. Anyway, we're going to stop it there, but the bottom line is, if you want avocado oil, get it from eating avocados. The fresh whole item. The problem with plant oils, and this is all of them, including extra, extra, extra virgin, virgin, virgin olive oil, coconut oil, all of them. And this was what we talked about, you know, here. The, um, let's see where to go. Do, 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 um, had gone rancid. Yeah. Whopping 82% were found to have gone rancid before their expiration date. And what's that mean? It means they've oxidized. When plant oils are exposed to air, they oxidize. What's the big deal? Well, when you oxidize oils, it produces trans fats and free radicals, which when taken into your body causes inflammation and cancer. That's why Dr. Wallach says no oils of any kind in your diet. Lard, butter, Animal fats are the way to go. But plant oils, regardless of the kind, the only way they can be safe is if they are expelled from the plant immediately before use. So if you want olive oil, figure out how you can get your olives, put them in a press, expel the oil, and use it right away. But other than that, you're risking your life because whenever you utilize these other things, 
they will make you sick. Now, granted, there are some health benefits to these things. However, all of those health benefits are available from other sources that don't bring along the dangers of cancer and inflammation. So you just got to do a little research and figure out what you want and where you can get it from non-toxic sources. But avoid all these plant oils. Doesn't make any difference. If it comes from a plant and it's an oil, it's bad. If it's in a jar or a bottle, every time you take the lid off that bottle, air flows in and it's exposed to fresh air, which oxidizes more and more and more of that stuff. If you got it, use it for oil lamps or other things, something that's not having to do with your body. And that's basically all we need to say about that. And again, if you have questions about that, go to my website, yourdiyhealth.com. And under the first tab is the um, um, Trinity of Health. And the first item is good foods, bad foods. There's a list of the 12 bad foods and a whole bunch of good foods. It's a PDF file that you can download free of charge. And... Um, there's also a link to a video by Dr. Peter Glidden explaining why all of those things, including the oils, are bad for us. And that video is all of about 20 minutes long, so it's not a difficult thing to watch, but it is very enlightening. I encourage everybody to check that out. Millions outraged following a 110-year sentence of young trucker in Colorado, massive miscarriage of justice. Yeah, I'd like to hear more about this young man's status. You know, basically, a country that prides itself on both compassion and justice when it comes to criminality, there are times when it seems that our nation has neither. Case in point, a young Houston-based truck driver is about to go to prison for the rest of his life, or 110 years, whichever comes first. After a fiery crash he caused by accident on I-70 in Colorado in 2019, killed four people and injured several others. And the picture here is really pretty nasty. Man, I'll tell you what. But Ro uh, Rogel Lazaro Aguilera Medeiros, 23, has nothing on his driving record or on his criminal history. He had complied with every single request by the Jefferson County Courts and investigators on the case. He's passed all the drug and alcohol tests that were given, including a chemical test. This accident was not intentional, nor was it a criminal act on, his, on the driver's part. Uh, the petition on, on change.org um, with more than 4.5 million signatures reads. Aguilera Medeiros uh, was handed the insane sentence last week after he was found guilty on all 27 counts, Fox News reported. But that's because Colorado District Court Judge uh, A. Bruce Jones, who handed down the sentence, said his hands were tied by state minimum sentencing, sentencing, sentencing mandates. Medeiros, 23 at the time, was driving his rig along Interstate 70 near Lakewood, Colorado, on April 25, 2019, when he collided with around two dozen vehicles, including four other tractor trailers and uh, that had slowed to a crawl in rush hour traffic. The crash caused a massive fireball that consumed several cars and trucks. 
American Wire reported after the crash, investigators said that he lost control of the 18-wheeler he was driving after his brakes failed on the interstate near Denver. He then failed to take runaway trunk ramps, and his speed had risen to around 85 miles per hour when he slammed into cars that were parked on the highway. During his trial, prosecutors argued that he could have taken one of the several runaway truck ramps before he crashed into the vehicle, but he instead made a bunch of bad decisions, according to the Denver Channel. I'm not a criminal, he said at the uh, sentencing while shedding tears. I'm not a murderer. I'm not a killer. When I took, uh, when I look at my charges, we are talking about a murderer, which is not me. I have never thought about hurting any, anybody in my entire life. Since Aguilera Madero's sentencing videos that went viral on TikTok appear to show long lines of tractor-trailer rigs allegedly engaging in a boycott of the state of Colorado. They just offered me $5, at the, $5 a mile to go to Colorado. <laughs> you know what I told them? No trucks to Colorado. Let's show the entire country what us truckers can do when we stand together. One purported driver with the username at semi underscore crazy posted. <laughs> oh, boy. This truck is no longer going to Colorado. We want real justice for Rogelle Aguilera truckers. Uh, he needs our help. Uh, user at NTGI 2020 posted. Uh, that said, an official with Colorado Motor Carriers Association noted on Friday that the organization was not aware of any serious boycott. I'm not seeing uh, really anything that's showing up um, of that boycott in terms of companies missing shipments or other things like that, Greg Fulton, president of Colorado Motor Carriers Association, said. He went on to say that while he understands the sentiments for Aguilera Madero, uh, described in describing the crash as a mechanical failure, which was his defense, is not correct. I think it is. I think in our eyes, it is inexperience, a lack of familiarity with the with um, the driver of the mountains. Um, I don't think the company should have put them in this situation. Fulton said, nevertheless. And while the loss of life is tragic, nothing noted during his trial suggested he intentionally killed anyone or that he was uh, purposefully negligent. And yet his, this working man is going to prison for the rest of his natural life. Meanwhile, Washington's criminals like Hillary Clinton and James Comey, whose careers were built on harming our country, remain free. Justice, anyone? Yeah, the last couple lines is a big thing. But yeah, that uh, there were situations where they claim he could have taken the runaway truck ramps, but supposedly they argued that in some cases there were trucks, you know, pulled over that were blocking the entrance to those ramps. Uh, I don't know the whole story. I think it's a sad situation, and it's a, it's really a situation where um, Colorado and any other state that has those mandatory minimums really needs to look at those things and give judges back some discretion. There's times, you know, when they should be able to say this is not the case where the, the, that justifies this kind of a sentence. And from what I understand, the families of the people that were uh, killed in this thing all pretty much agree that the sentence is way out of line. You know, and that's 
quite a statement for these folks. And, you know, it's a shame that this 23 year old kid's going to go to jail for so long when like, like you say, you know, look at all the criminals in Washington, DC. They, they have created, you know, done far more. Look at Fauci. He's responsible for the deaths of millions of Americans as well as people all around the world. And he's sitting in the highest paid job of the United States. Almost almost half a million dollars a year. Not to mention all the money he makes from the drug companies and everything else that he's in cahoots with. And this poor guy, you know, bad luck. And he's going to jail for the rest of his life. Sucks. Scientists find that strategic use of aromas during sleep may improve exam performance. Wouldn't know. <laughs> Democrats continue to lie about the January 6th Capitol attack that was set up by the deep state. Schiff alters text to ensure, ensnare Trump allies. Oh, yeah. If you want an interesting video, get a hold of um, Capitol Punishment, C-A-P-I-T-O-L Punishment. It's all about January 6th, and it is eye-opening. Um I'm trying to remember, I think if, if you just do a search for Capital Punishment movie, you should be able to find it. And it is well worth, I think it's like 19.95 or something if you want to buy it. Uh, 9.95 and you can rent it um, for online viewing. Well worth it. Now, for New Year's Eve coming up Friday, you know, get your friends together and have a, uh, a Capital Punishment showing at your house, wherever. You know, you can thumb your nose at Fauci and, and learn the truth of January 6th at the same time. There you go. Another child sex scandal rocks CNN. Project Veritas names producer who allegedly solicited explicit pics from underage girls. Good grief. Yeah, that whole bunch just needs to be shut down. Sounds like microchipping technology can track your COVID injection status and other digital details with a simple phone scan. Oh boy. That is just what I'm looking Swedish startup company Epicenter has created scannable digital implants that can confirm one's injection status using a smartphone. The invention includes a pre-programmed scannable implant inserted just beneath the skin and relies on near-field communication, or NFC, that phones already use to send data for various activities such as making payments. The company's chief disruption officer, Hans Schoblad, uh, said that implants are very versatile technology and it is very convenient to use them. Yeah, there's a word with these things. To use them to have one's COVID passport accessible at all times. This comes as governments continue battling the coronavirus pandemic by forcing citizens to get inoculated and pushing its ineffectiveness, or excuse me, its effectiveness in battling the disease, especially with the Omicron variant leading to a surge of COVID cases. I can't believe it's COVID, uh, Omicron season already. I still have my Delta uh, decorations up. You know, got to change all that. Anyway, with more than 
And with more and more U.S. cities issuing mandates for people to be fully vaccinated, injected, excuse me, to go to work and attend social events, the new chips can be used in utilizing technology as it is similar to the use of contactless card readers. This means that it is always accessible for me or anyone else, really, who wants to read me. For example, if I go to the movies or to a shopping center, then people will be able to check my status even if I don't have my phone, Slobod said. Oh, boy. <laughs> a video showed uh, that the technology works by using a phone to scan the chip under the skin, which pulls up a PDF file which details uh, with details on the person's injection status or health records. And we'll continue this on the other side of the break. Stick with us. And we'll be back in three minutes with more Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. We'll be right back. Cancer research, the biggest revenue. They make all those billions lying to me and you. The same folks that brought you this toxic sewer are now going to bring us all a cure. Somehow I just don't think so. Now the IRS gets billions from people like you and me. Then Medicare pumps it back to the drug lords, don't you? And welcome back to the last segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. And before the break, we were going over a uh, article about a Swedish company that's put together a microchip that can basically be inserted under your skin that holds a PDF file about your injection status. It says a video shows that the technology works by using a phone scan phone to scan the chip under the skin, which pulls up a PDF file with details on the person's injection status or health records. The chip itself is smaller than a fingernail and can be implanted in the arm or between the thumb and forefinger. Gee, probably of the right hand <laughs> or the forehead. You know, who knows? The procedure can be done for $100, and when no longer needed, as Joe Blood said, the implant can also be reversed. Hmm. I guess you just cut it out. Uh, let's see. Can uh, chip implants to become a new norm? Will chip implants eventually become the new normal? Possibly. <laughs> Not for me, Bubba. In this appearance on the Tech 2025 webinar, uh, the inventor shared the body, the human body, is the next big platform. We are updating our bodies with technology on a large scale already with wearables. But all of the wearables we wear today will be implanted in our bodies in five to ten years. I don't think so. <laughs> U.S. companies all also offer similar implants to their employees. Three Square Market, a Wisconsin-based company, was the first to do so back in 2017 to allow employees access to locked rooms or pay for their food and drinks. Todd Westby, a uh, 32M CEO, uh, 
who provided the chips said that this technology will eventually be the standard that can be used for keeping records of passports, paying for public transit and purchase items, among other things. They're not dissimilar from the identification chips you install in your cat or dog. And by the way, if you do that to your cat or dog, shame on you. Those things cause cancer. Dr. Um, oh, what's her name? Uh, privacy chick um, on um, Genesis Communications. Oh, man. It's been a long time since I've listened to her. But um, basically, um, she's a privacy fanatic and has done a lot of research into the chips that are inserted in the cats and dogs, and they have had just unbelievable cases of cancer. Big old tumors that basically surround these chips that develop and, you know, kill the dog or the cat. Uh, don't do that to your animal. Get them a collar. Get them a you know, thing that you can put on them. You know, our dogs have you know, brass ring or brass things on their collars with their phone numbers on them, and they work just fine, and they don't do anything to diminish the health of the animal. If you truly care about your fur child, don't chip it. Anyway, we see chip technology as the next evolution in payment systems, much like micro markets have, have steadily replaced vending machines. As a leader in micro market technology, it is important that 32M continues leading the way with advancements such as chip implants. While tech and business leaders predict that up to half of Americans will be chipped by the end of 2025, <laughs> oh, uh, that's, that is optimistic in a big way. There could be pushback from lawmakers, advocacy groups, and the general public, you think? Joe Bald uh, also insisted that these implants are not tracking devices. They can only respond when scanned. If you understand how these implants work, they don't have a battery. They cannot transmit a signal by themselves, so they are basically passive. They sit there asleep. They can never tell your location. They're only activated when you touch them with, a smart, with your smartphone, so this means they cannot be used for tracking anyone's location, he said. I don't care. You ain't putting it in me. There is also no need for the implant to be removed to be updated. So Bald said that uh, individuals can use an app on their phones to change the data on the chip. That would be fun. <laughs> if I had one, that's what I'd be doing. <laughs> and come up with a little uh, uh, picture of the middle finger on it or something. <laughs> uh, let's see about this little video here. See how long it is. The city of Lund in southern Sweden dates back to medieval times. Over the centuries, it's witnessed plenty of change, but now there's a whole new sort of evolution going on. I'm here to meet some of the thousands of people in the country who are adapting their own bodies, who are inserting microchips under their skin. It means they may never have to carry a house key train ticket or bank card ever again. This is a microchipping party. And I thought of this. Yeah. Hannah's getting an electronic chip implanted into her hand. 
she believes one day we'll all be chipped like her. So congratulations, Hannah. Thank you. You've been chipped. Yes, I have. How does it feel? It feels good. I'm, I'm excited to see what I'll be able to do now. Can I touch it? Yeah, you can, you can feel it there. I feel like this is the future. It's the next big thing that's going to happen. Happy Cyborg birthday. Happy Cyborg birthday yeah. to you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> Congratulations. But is this sci-fi fantasy or practicality? I want to know why anyone would want to do this. For this teenager, microchips, it seems, are in her DNA. She is my daughter and I'm the, the father. So you're a microchip family? We will become one now today, yes. Magnus and his daughter Felicia have come here together tonight because they believe this is the future. You're going to have an upgraded dad. Yeah. <laughs> As they say, it was good being a human, but being a cyborg is better. Didn't feel a thing. It's a quick, simple procedure with potentially huge significance. So you're officially part machine. How does it feel? This is awesome. How cool is that? Good job. <laughs> Do you think in a few years' time, in a decade perhaps, we'll all have things like this? Yes, of course. I really do think. For around £130, anyone can get a tiny microchip like this inserted just beneath the skin in their hands. I can't help feeling a bit squeamish about it, but maybe I'm just behind the times. It's the morning after. And I'm about to catch up with Felicia and her dad, Magnus, as they get to grips with their new existence. So when you woke up this morning, mm -hmm. was it the first thing that came to your mind? How did you feel? I felt a little bit strange because now I'm a cyborg and um, it feels pretty cool. The chips in their hands use near-field communication. The same technology that allows you to pay with a contactless credit card. They can be read by a device like a smartphone. So here I am. I've stored my business card on my phone with my details, phone number, email address, other stuff, blood group even. So what's the benefit of that? When I get customers or suppliers at work, they ask for my business card and I say, scan me. Aren't there risks involved in that as well? Couldn't somebody pass you by and... Take all that information, me. yes. Yes, yes, it is in, in theory possible, but you have to be really, really close. But the main thing I think is that I choose myself what I want to store on this chip. The people I've met so far don't seem to have any concerns about blurring the lines between man and machine. Hannes has made it his mission to convince more of us to get microchipped. He's what's known as a biohacker someone who wants to improve their body with technology. What's wrong with just having contactless payment cards? We've all got phones, we've all got a set of keys. Mm. What's the point? The point is to reduce the hassle of exactly these things. Isn't that just the ultimate laziness? No, it's, it's, it's convenience. And convenience is a pretty powerful force. I mean, in the morning, every morning, when you stand there uh, going out your front door, you check your purse or your pockets. Okay, do I have my wallet, my charger, my keys, my phone, my all my stuff? What if you could reduce that by half? It would declutter your life. 
Hannes has helped develop several microchips. He wants us all to hack our biology. Microchipping is, he says, just the start. I want us humans to open up and improve our uh, sensory universe, our cognitive functions, and improve uh, all different dimensions of being human. And there is so much we can do. You want to make us bionic. Indeed. I want to merge humans with technology, and I think it will be awesome. I want to understand why it's people in Sweden who are enthusiastically embracing this idea, when many others might be skeptical. This is a nation of early adopters. Sweden's set to become the world's first cashless society, and the economy here is driven by digital innovation. This national rail company has taken microchipping on board, with two and a half thousand passengers signing up to use their chip instead of a paper ticket. I've come to the capital, Stockholm, the epicenter of this tech revolution. At this shared office, hundreds of the workers have been microchipped. So no need for a security pass to get in. Per has had his chip for three years. So I take my chip and open the, the door. It means he can buy a drink without cash or a card. But for him, it's about much more than practicality. Do you enjoy being one of the first, being a pioneer of this technology? Absolutely. A whole bunch of questions come up. Like, you know, is this ethical? Uh, do we want to have that? Or will we be sort of a nation of cyborgs in the, in the future? And what, what will happen? So a lot of sort of really interesting discussions come out from, you know, talking about the chip. It triggers an ethical debate. Yes. For critics, the biggest future concern is over data protection. As the amount and type of information we store on microchips becomes more advanced, so do the security risks. Ben Liberton, a British scientist working in Sweden, wants to know who will have access to the data stored inside and what they could do with it. So I have the information in my chip now. That's basically just me. If I don't use it for anything, then no one can really get any data on me. But then if I start to use it at work, then work knows when I've interacted with something at work. If I then go to the canteen, the canteen people know exactly what I've interacted with there. So the wider spread it becomes and the more that we can interact with different things, then our data is being kind of shared and incorporated in lots of different places. The nightmare situation in that case would then be that someone else has access to or, you know, my health data, and that one day I get a letter through the door that's like an increase in my health insurance premium before I know that there's any problem with, with my own health. So I think we have to be cautious now in the very early stages to make sure that we're actually controlling how the information has been shared. For now, it seems to me what the chips can actually do is fairly limited but the people I've spoken to are convinced that this technology will, one day, change the way we live. That in the future, we will all be chipped. And they are leading the way. You will be assimilated. I am Locutus of Borg. Resistance is futile. Your life as it has been is over. From this time forward, you will service us. You will be assimilated. 
resistance is futile. We are the Bulwark. Lower your shield and surrender your ships. We will add your biological and technological distinctiveness to our own. Your culture will adapt to service us. Resistance is futile. We. There you go. <laughs> I had to play that. <laughs> Resistance is futile. You will become one with the Borg. I'll tell you what. I was amazed. You know, I, I was not surprised to see the vast majority of the people that were lining up for these things were young. They seem to think that's something really cool and really great to do. But for a father to do it with his daughter, oh, my goodness. You know, unfortunately, the father's young, too. He's probably in his late 30s. <clears throat> the next generations, they don't know what they're getting into. You know, and basically the rest of they figured the rest of us ain't going to be around much longer. And those that, uh, you know, come along after us will be willing to accept this stuff. Uh, there's no end to What's going on? But all I can say is beam me up, Scotty. There ain't no intelligent life left down here. It's really crazy. Man, can't believe this stuff. But yeah, get your chips. What I want to know, you've got the companies that have it, you know, for their access to the, you know, the secured entrance of the buildings and um, your you know, buying lunch in the cafeteria and all that kind of junk. So you got a chip for that. Then you got the chip for your injection passport and whatever else, you know, like the guy said, he's got his business card and he's got his uh, phone number and email and all that kind of junk, and he can determine what he wants to store on it. What happens, A, when you run out of storage space, or B, are you going to have 27 different chips you know, for all the different things, you know, you got the one for your personal information, you got the one for your work, the one for the mass transit system, the one to use for purchases. Um, how's that going to work? Or is it all going to be put on one super chip? <laughs> Are you going to look like you've got little pockmarks all over you from all these little things? I don't know. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, let's see here. Mike Adams shows how to transform a standard AR firearm into a single-shot rifle using the Cali key. No thanks, I don't want to do that. I like to keep my ARs the way they are. <laughs> Multiple. How to prepare for EMP threat. Michael Heath, America is now an evil communist empire. At least the government is. Enrolled in the religion of fear. Boy, ain't that the case. Do, do, do. Oh, I know what I want to cover here in the last few minutes. Almost forgot. California whistle or nurses blow whistle on overwhelming number of heart attacks, clotting, strokes, as doctors refuse to blame vaccines for fear of losing their medical license. And that's what's being done right now. You know, the doctors in the hospitals are being uh, put on notice. If you go against what we're doing, we're going to take you to the medical board and you're going to be out of work. 
And it takes somebody with quite a bit of uh, character to say, tough, I'm telling the truth. <laughs> they are out there. And many of them have been made major examples of in order to keep others from doing the same thing. In October this year, we republished an article from the Conigio uh, Guardian, a nonprofit independent news publication in Ventura County, California. See, unvaccinated hospital staff only ones telling the truth regarding injection injuries as they prepare to leave the medical system. In that article, they reported that the remaining uninjected staff in the hospitals were the only ones telling the truth about the volume of people coming into the hospital suffering from side effects of the COVID-19 experimental shots. They don't want to report that they're seeing 80% of the people in the ER are injected, but only 40% of the county is injected. Yeah, 40% of the county's got the shots, but 80% of the people in the ERs are fully shotted. One nurse, one nurse stated, the Canijo Guardian has now published a follow-up article in a couple of, uh, with a couple of nurses, including one vaccinated nurse, injected nurse, who has received two doses of the experimental shots, but says she will not get any of the boosters, and that he and his wife have decided to leave the state of California once their child reaches school age, as they do not believe children should be injected with these shots. Good for them. Why wait? Get out now while you still can. Because <laughs> you may not be able to once the kid gets at school age. Anyway, these nurses have come forward to report the rise in unexpected heart problems, strokes, and blood clotting in local injected patient populations. They also say doctors refuse to consider that these could be adverse reactions to COVID shots. These nurses also report that conditions in the hospitals right now are so bad that they are in survival mode, as there are not enough staff to handle the influx of these injection-injured patients, and they are thrusting new nurses into these situations with very little training, making the situation even worse. So while many of the ethical nurses and hospital staff who refuse to get injected with bioweapon shots have now been fired or have quit, it appears that injected nurses and staff that remain are starting to wake up also. And many of them may soon be leaving the medical system as well as they do not want to get never-ending booster injections and work in these overcrowded workplaces where they can clearly see that the majority of the patients are suffering from the side effects of the shots. Now just think about that. If this continues... Slowly but surely, the so-called healthcare system, which is anything but the symptom suppression disease management system, is going to implode. It's only a matter of time. I mean, they, they can't, you know, you're going to run out of people that are stupid enough to take these things eventually, and you just won't have enough people to handle all the folks that are showing up. Uh, what's going to happen then? Hard to say. More VC nurses blow whistle on overwhelming numbers of heart attacks, clottings, and strokes. And uh, VC 
Um, after the Canijo Guardian's report on the alarming trends of Ventura County hospitals, more nurses have come forward to affirm the rise in unexpected heart problems, strokes, and blood clotting in local injected patient populations. They also say doctors refuse to consider that these could be adverse reactions to COVID shots. Sam, a critical care nurse at an ICU in Ventura County Hospital, came forward because, I'm tired of all the BS that's going on, he told the Guardian. It's crazy how many questions anything, uh, excuse me, how no one, nobody questions anything anymore. None of the doctors question whether the injections cause myocarditis, pericarditis, and the strokes that are coming in. If they don't toe the line, they could lose their medical licenses. He has witnessed a surge in numbers of young people experiencing health, severe health problems after receiving COVID shots. We've been having a lot of younger people come in, Sam says. We're seeing a lot of strokes and a lot of heart attacks. Yeah, yeah like uh, we have those all the time in young people, right? They just stroke out and keel over. Uh, not really. One 38-year-old woman came in with occlusions, blockage of blood flow in her brain. They, the doctors, uh, were searching for everything under the sun for documenting this in the chart, but nowhere do you see if she was injected or not, Sam says. One thing the injection causes is thrombosis or clotting. Here you have a 38-year-old woman who was double injected, and she's having strokes, and they can't explain None of the doctors relates it to the injection. It's garbage. It's absolute garbage. Another woman, age 63, came in today. She uh, took the Moderna shot. With no previous cardiac history, she suffered heart attack. Tests revealed her coronary arteries were clean. One doctor actually questioned the injection, but they didn't mention it in the chart because you can't prove it, Sam says. While hospitals are seeing more myocarditis on an associated side effect of the COVID shots, everyone wants to downplay it. It's rare. It's rare, Sam says. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's so rare, but we see it all the time these days. Nobody doesn't want to question it. The doctors don't want to question it. We have these mass injections happening, and we're seeing myocarditis more frequently, and nobody wants to raise the red flag. When we discuss the case... They don't even discuss it. They don't mention it. They act like they don't have a reason. It's that it's spontaneous. Survival mode. I feel like our hospital is barely able to function right now. That's how bad it is. Dana, another ICU nurse, says the number of sick, critically ill people in her Ventura County Hospital has become overwhelming, pushing her facility's patient census to the highest level she's ever seen. It has never been this busy, and none of it is COVID-19, Dana says. We don't normally see this amount of strokes, aneurysms, and heart attacks all happening at once. Normally, we see six to ten aortic dissections a year. We've seen a six in the last month. It's crazy. Those have very high rates of mortality. But doctors almost never bring up the possibility of adverse reaction due to COVID injections. Doctors are like, it's probably the holidays, Dana says. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I don't understand how you can look at what's going on and come up with just, yeah, it's the holidays. But that's it for today. We'll see you on Thursday. Take care and your bodies because it's the only place you have to live. We will be back the day after tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. Take care and God bless.